Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wednesday. And you know what that means. It's time for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap. We're connecting business perspectives. I got a good friend on the call today, and I'm really excited to have him here. Uh, but before I do that, and before I introduce Trisha, I should probably introduce myself. I did it again, Trisha. Colton Cockrell, certified financial fiduciary, independent financial planner with Sharer McKinley Group. And now I can introduce my illustrious co-host, the hostess with the mostest from coast to coastess, Miss Trisha Stetzel. Oh, wait, you guys can't see me. I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Thank you, Colton. Very nice. I wish you would remember to introduce yourself. It must be because we're in season three. Holy cow. I get so excited. I know you do get excited. Hey, everyone. Trisha Stetzel here, Results Extreme Business Solutions. I'm super excited about getting to introduce Colton's friend. Colton's friend that I just met like five minutes ago. Chris Boykin joined Futurecom in 2010 via its acquisition of the Houston-based company he founded in 2002, .NET Security. Chris has been in the IT industry for over 20 years in various roles, including network and security consulting and different levels of management. He spent the last 12 years focusing on IT security, where he's led teams of highly skilled consultants to provide solutions to enterprises and small to medium businesses. Chris is currently the chief technology officer for Futurecom and regularly speaks and sits on expert panels in industry conventions and trade shows. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you. I bet I know what we're talking about today. Yeah, Yeah, probably. talking Talking about cooking, right? (laughs) <laughs> so here's the deal. So uh, Chris is very humble. I'll go ahead and just say that. But he actually has a lot of experience and a ton of designations behind his name. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, we're going to be talking about like IT stuff. Look, Chris makes it fun, I promise. So just tune in and listen up. Okay, Chris, we're going to jump in because we don't have you for too long. And I know you probably have like a private jet or something to jump on and go to some big company to save them. So let's go ahead and jump in. Um, so first things first, let's talk about security. And when I think of security, the one thing I think of, and it just drives me crazy is all these different passwords I have to keep passwords, usernames for everything that I do. Is there a way to just put everything in one spot, maybe not on an Excel spreadsheet where I can just like have everything there where it's just easy and manageable? Um, yeah, sure. There is Colton. You take a um, post-it note and you write all of the passwords on it and you stick it <laughs> under your keyboard. And <laughs> I joke it about that. sounds terrible. <laughs> I joke about that, but we actually see that out in the field uh, when we're doing audits and stuff with people trying to see if we can break into their uh, computer systems and their network. And one of the biggest things that we can find, we walk into somebody's office if they leave their office open and, the, and they're not in there and we flip their keyboard upside down and they're supposed to know what it even says password with colon and then the password. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and so, yeah, there is a much safer way than that or an Excel spreadsheet. Um, there's a lot of different companies out there that have uh, what we call password keepers or password uh, vaults. 
And there's a lot of different vendors that, that supply these and those kind of things. But what it is is basically you can put all of your passwords into a single application with a single really hard password. Um, and you can access all of your passwords through uh, that one password. So all you have to remember now as an end user is one really difficult password. And for instance, my really difficult password is 26 characters long. Um, and so it sounds like I'm just beating on the keyboard whenever I'm logging into it, right? But I only have to remember that one because of the 323 passwords that I have to have in my, uh, in my password keeper, I can't remember all of those. So I use that one password, I get in and there's everything I need. And yes, I have about 320 something uh, different passwords that I have to keep. Um, yeah, so sure. yeah. Tusha for a second, I actually thought he was about to give us his like master password. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. sitting over here with my mouth open. I'm like, how do you have a 26 letter <laughs> alphanumeric? <laughs> I can so y'all, I'm way too old to remember passwords. So Chris, I love the idea of having a vault where I only need to remember one password. Does it have to be 26 characters long? Uh, it just needs to be difficult. And one of the things, okay. that, we one of the things that we teach at our company, because we train people on, on security stuff, is that you can make a passphrase. And passphrases are so much easier to remember. So you just take random objects. You can look around your office you know, and find random objects. Like I, if I look around here, I see a crown. Um, I see a clock. I see a bird. Um, I see a puzzle. And I can take those things, you know, a clock, a crown, a puzzle, and, and I can just type all of those things into one sequential thing. I can put spaces between them if I want to, right? And that's a password. The longer the password is, the harder it is to break as a computer or as a human. So even without alphanumerics, I could really just have a sentence um, that means something to me that I'll never forget that I can be my password. Yeah. That's so easy. I never even uh, thought about doing that. I hate when the thing pops up and it says I have to change my password. I'm like, I've already used 12 versions of the same password yeah, and it won't accept it anymore. Change the next yeah. Number. I give presentations about this and the thing that I use as a, as a example is I went and found this crazy picture online that is a, it's a lizard that is playing a trumpet um, and he's wearing a purple hat. And, um, and so I literally, the password I, I create in that, in that moment for the presentation is purple hat lizard music. And then if they, if they say that they require, I have a, a number and a special character and I just put a one. So it's number one, purple hat lizard music with an exclamation point then. And then I meet that requirement and that's all I have to remember. And I can literally take that picture and put it in a picture frame and stick it on my desk. And nobody will know that that's my password. They'll just think, what the heck do you have that weird picture there on your dashboard, right? Um, but that's my password in case I ever forget it, right? Um, and so we, it's it's much easier to do that. And then that's all you have to remember. And as I said, you know, once you have that, then you can look and all of the rest of your passwords are in there. So, And there's many programs out there. And some of them synchronize between like your computers and your phone. Some of them allow you like mine. I don't even have to remember or type in that really long password most of the time unless I'm on my computer because I have face ID on my phone um, and, you know, or thumbprint ID. And that actually gets me into the same program. So pretty simple, actually. That's awesome. So I'm going to ask you a serious question. I know you probably work with um, lots of corporations and big businesses, but I work in the small business space. And I know there are a whole lot of small business owners that have tons of 
information on their computers that probably shouldn't be exposed to the world. So is there anything that you would suggest for small business owners who are working from home uh, besides talking to somebody like you, right? Getting um, a consultation. Are there tools or devices for people who are working from home? There are. So, um, you know, with the pandemic and all of that, you know, a lot of people started moving away and working from home. And and that actually increased our business because people had weren't used to that. They go to work and their computers are secure and safe with software and hardware and all of these things. But when they're at home, they're completely not, especially because they're home computer. So the first thing I tell everybody is you need some kind of endpoint security. And that's just a fancy way of saying some kind of antivirus type of program on your computer. So all the ones you've ever heard of, McAfee and Symantec and Sophos and all those things, those are all uh, endpoint security um, devices that look for malware, they look for viruses, they look for ransomware, um, all of those things on, to, on your computer. Um, beyond that, so that, that takes you whether you're at home or you're at the coffee shop or wherever. Um, if you're remote, if you're remoting in, then most of your companies are going to have what's called a VPN or a virtual private network, which is a secure way of connecting in, which encrypts all of the data that goes between your computer at home or, or Starbucks, wherever you're working, to the office. Um, and so that way, anything traveling over the Internet is also encrypted. So that helps as well. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, most people don't have what's called in the industry a firewall um, that is at your house, that's at your home. Um, so I always recommend if you're going to be doing work from home or it's really important data, those kind of things, that you go out and go ahead and invest in a, an actual firewall, a physical firewall that sits behind your uh, internet connection. Um, and you don't just rely on your internet firewall that's that's part of your Xfinity or whoever you use for that, um, that you put a separate one behind that. That way you can control what goes in and what goes out of your network. Um, and those things will typically protect protect you with what you need there. So okay. what is the, what, what, are, what are you seeing right now in 2021 um, that hackers or other people are trying to do to compromise people's uh, computers and devices? Yeah, so the, it's it's funny because, you know, you would expect that I'm going to tell you some really highly technical thing where they've got these crazy tools that, uh, you know, can try to try to guess through passwords and, and, you know, punch holes through firewalls and do all kinds of crazy stuff to make your computer just magically talk to them. Right. But really, and this is not just 2021. This has been what's happening for the last 10 years, at least. And probably, you know, even even ever since computers or secret data was there, it's the human security factor. Um, the, the, mo the biggest vulnerability in any network is the person sitting behind the keyboard. Um, the people are susceptible more than the computers are. Computers are pretty good at stopping and recognizing viruses and bad, bad traffic and those kind of things. It's the human that allows the, the stuff in. So let me give you an example. Um, you know, you've all received an email that said you won the lottery or, you know, there's this great special and you get this for free if you just click here or, oh, somebody posted something bad about you on Facebook, just click here so you can remove it and those kind of things. Those are called phishing emails. Um, and those emails, when you click on those, they typically take you to either a hacker's website where they immediately can download um, software on your computer or they ask you to put in some kind of username and password, maybe like if it was the Facebook example I gave you, they ask you to put in your Facebook username and password, and it's a fake site completely. It may look like Facebook, it may, 
you know, act like Facebook, but once you put in your username and password, it doesn't do anything. And then you're like, well, what's happened there? Well, now that hacker has your username and password. They didn't have to call you. They didn't have to send a virus to you. They didn't have to do anything but get you to click on an email link. Um, and that's the most common way that people are getting hacked today. The second most common is the same thing. It's a human security factor, but they're calling people on the phone. And you've probably received these kind of things too, where, hey, this is the IRS and you're overdue with your stuff. And all you got to do is, is tell me your social security number and this thing and that thing and this thing. And they act like they're verifying that they're talking to the right person, but they're really just collecting your data so that they can go use it to for fraud purposes right um and that that's something that in the industry we call vishing so it sounds like phishing with the ph you know that you do for the emails but it's vishing because it's voice phishing so we're just very creative like that in it and so we we call it vishing uh with a v um and that's that's the next biggest way that people are are, are losing their data right or getting compromised so Trisha, real quick, I do want to just make a point here. So um, I know that you, the intro you gave, you know, you made him sound really cool and great because he is, he knows what he's doing. He has like a thousand certifications and whatever, but um, the, his job, like he told me this and this sound, this is like the coolest thing ever. He will actually go into a company. He's hired by the company to come in and try to actually break into the compute, not telling anybody else, just like the higher ups know. And he tries to go in and breaks the network and tries to get all this personal information. Like it's a cool job. And so he, he has firsthand experience with this to make sure that people and corporations at their companies are up to speed and that they have everything necessary to protect from someone just coming in and just wreaking havoc on their, on their system. So it's a cool conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a fun, it's definitely, it can be a fun job for sure. It's, it's, it's always changing too. I mean, uh, we can never, you know, it's not like you, you're, you not to put down accountants, but it's not like you're an accountant and you learn all of the numbers and how to do all the math for everything and the ins and outs and all that. And then you just do that the rest of your life. Right. And it's pretty much the same because it's math, but in our industry, things change all of the time and we're constantly, you know, trying to stay ahead of the bad guys. Right. So the bad guys find a way in, we keep, we stop them and we keep them out they find another way in and we stop them and keep them out. And so our job is constantly changing. Um, so I'm continuously learning from the time I started in this field to now. I mean, I learn stuff new every day. Anytime you see something hit the news that, you know, the pipeline got hacked or this got hacked or whatever, that's, we immediately, that's a new study for us to go do. It's like, okay, well, how did they get around that? What happened there? And is it something that was just a mistake by the company that allowed it? Or is it some new tech that the hackers made before us, right? Um, and we've even seen like the hackers got into the government and stole some of the tools that the NSA use to actually for espionage and stuff over, you know, to try to steal spy stuff. Right. And those got weaponized and started being used to attack companies. The same tools that our government created were now being used against our government and against the world uh, for these things. So it's it's a crazy game. It's a cat and mouse game all the time. So you're talking about hacking and I was, you know, as you talked about the phishing and the, and the phishing and the, all the stuff, right? What, what there's if I get hacked? Too, what? There's another one too. If you get the uh, text message, they want you to click a link because you got a coupon or you want uh -huh. whatever it's called smishing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So creative. So because creative. Oh my God. There's a text message originally is called an SMS, a secure See, messaging system. I was getting, smishing. I was getting, Tishing is what my guess was going to be. Smishing. 
I'm going to start using that word, Chris. Thanks. <laughs> so what if I get hacked? What if I, what if I know that I accidentally, I mean, I lost my mind and I answered one of these text messages or one of these emails and I know it was bad by the time I, you know, I already gave them all my information. So then what? Um, so, well, it just depends, right? So um, you, you could just quit your job. That would be one option. <laughs> I shouldn't go to my boss and say, I've been hacked. Now what? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, basically, it depend, depends on what it is. If you've given away your information, right, the first thing you want to do is go change all your passwords, right? So we tell people not only create um, a good, strong password when you create one, but use a different password for every single thing you log into. If you use the same password for everything, right, which the majority of people do, by the way, so I saw your face, that's not, it's not a problem, <laughs> right? Um, it, it, if you think about it, all they need is that one password now. So if that password happens to be, say it's your Facebook password, right? No big deal, right? It's just Facebook, what are they gonna do? But just the same password you use for your bank, like Bank of America or your, your um, you know, your accounting software or your 401k, or if it's the same password, they've got that for everything. And the first thing the hackers do is exactly that. They successfully get into one place that you have, have given them their password, right? That you answered a phish email and you gave them your password freely, right? They use that and they say, huh, I wonder if she banks at Chase. So they go to Chase, they try to put it in, put your email and that password. Nope, didn't work. Let me go to Bank of America. Nope, let me go to this one. Let me go to that until they find it, right? They got all kinds of time. They're just a bunch of punks that are living in their mom's basement anyway, right? So they, they have all day long to try every bank in the world, right, to do this and get and, and they can own you like that if you use that same password. So first thing, if you if you know you did it, right, if you which sometimes you do figure it out and you're like, oh, dang it, look what I did. If you know you did it, go change your passwords. And if you have the same password on everything, go change it all on everything before you give it away. <laughs> Right. But that's number one thing. Um, if you're a company and that happens, you know, something like that, most companies have something called incident response. Um, and they also have the responsibility to, if they had a big hack happen, they have to report that um, to the public, right? If they're a public company, they have to disclose that, um, which you've seen those kind of things on the news against the law. Um, but, you know, they have teams of people that can come in and like, like our company can come in and do uh, reconnaissance and figure out where it went wrong and what happened in case it was accidental or, you know, somebody actually broke in, um, help you clean the stuff up and help you protect it so that, you know, it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Man, That's awesome. So can we put, I want to put a big verified stamp on this picture of these trolls in their mom's basement with all these computers trying to hack it verified by Chris. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Man, I'll tell you what, Chris can definitely make a, uh, IT sounds sexy. Am I right, Trisha? All right. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead. Trisha's like, oh my gosh. Let's go ahead and uh, put a bow on this because I mean, this is a lot of good information and Chris can talk forever about this. I mean, we could talk about like network and stuff like that. And I don't think, <laughs> I think we'd lose everybody pretty quick. Um, but Chris, totally random off the wall question. You didn't see it coming out of nowhere, out of the blue. Um, if you can, and I'm actually really curious to hear this, if you can have any meal if it was your last meal ever on this earth what would you eat what would your drink be and what would your side be and what would your dessert be go oh my gosh uh eat let's see i would probably if it was my last meal mm, i'd probably eat a pepperoni pizza no wait scratch that i'm gonna so scratch that i'm gonna have uh louisiana rub wings from wingstop <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the that's the uh, that's the meal. Um, the drink. Well, with that, I'm probably gonna have to say it's gonna be a, a Mexican beer of some sort, right? Or or a Carbach. <laughs> maybe. Uh, let's go with Love Street. Let's go with Love Street Carbach or Crawford Bach, one of those. Um, the sides, uh, French fries. Got to go with French fries with that. I mean, it's my last meal anyway, right? So who cares the calories? Um, and then for dessert, I'm gonna top it off with tres leches from Jimmy Changas. The best tres leches on the planet. The best dessert on the planet. Really. If you haven't tried it, you gotta do it. I'm happy at my wedding, actually. So you're inviting me or you're gonna invite me over to enjoy that with you and you're gonna door dash all that to your house, right? From all these different restaurants. Something like that. Something like that. Yes. And now uh Jimmy Changas needs to pay for the commercial that you just gave them, Chris. I'm just saying. <laughs> I love it. This is awesome. All right. So roll it back in. I'm going to ask you a really serious question, Chris. Uh, what generation do you belong to? Uh, what generation do I belong to? You want to know how old I am? Is that what you're asking? Uh, well, you don't have to tell us in years. I don't call my generation. I'm in my 50s. I'll say that. Okay. So that makes you part of the X-Gen group. You're welcome. Okay. I'm you're so glad that you're part of my, you're, you're in the club. The, the right. Yeah. You're Cold in the club. Holden's <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like several clubs behind. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely, you know, what's weird though, is the club in between us is missing. Like they, they, it disappeared. I have no idea what happened to the clubs in between us. And so now the millennials and the X Jenners are like smushed together. Yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy. So, so, Chris, do you feel like you identify most um, with a particular generation, especially since you're in IT? Um, I mean, 80s, 80s generation. I mean, that's that's where I grew. That's the music I can jam to anytime, right? That's my my go to. Um, so that's why you and Colton like each other. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> even born yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> It's some music jamming. It's some music jamming. Yeah. That's awesome. So um, will you, so super, this was awesome. Great information. And you made IT fun for us because I know that that can be uh, quite the conversation. Would you um, give us contact information just in case anybody has any questions or wants to reach out to you, a website uh, that we can point people to? Sure. So uh, our website for the company I work for is um www.myfuturecom.com myfuturecom.com if they want to reach out to me via email they can do that at chris.boykin that's b-o-y-k-i-n at f as in frank c as in charlie ltd like limited dot net Um, and then you want my phone number or Only if you want people to call you. And if you want all these people to be like, call you for all their IT problems, go for it. I mean, yeah, all right. So 281 610 And I know, Chris, that you only know C H R I S is the right way to spell Chris, but I wanted to make sure I just made clarified that. Thanks, Colton. Thanks for clearing that up. Yes, you're right. And if you want to send uh, Chris a care package of sorts, you can just get him a six pack of any Carbock beer and he'll be happy. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha, okay. did you have fun? 
I did. This is I awesome. did. Hey, if you want to make IT cooler, especially when you're talking to people like me, then call it cybersecurity because that's really the Ooh. word that we use that right. kind of makes it sound okay. fancy. Yeah, when you said recon. It does sound fancier. When he said he goes in and he does recon, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right, so, you know, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I talk to people like somebody says, oh, what do you do for a living, right? If I say I work in IT, then the next thing they want me is to fix their computer. Oh, I can't print. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, if you say you're in cybersecurity, then they're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Tell well, me we more. Have, we have you back. We'll talk more about printing. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my printer ran out of ink. Can you fix it? Yeah. All right. So, Chris, <laughs> cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. I love it. All right, Colton, any last words from you? No, Chris, thank you for being on today. I hope that people uh, understood more about the importance of making sure they have multiple passwords in one place to store them all. Uh, but no, that was really good information. And we're so glad that you again came on the show today. Awesome. Thanks, Colton. Thanks. Yeah. And do and do not put your password on a sticky underneath your keyboard because Chris will find it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Have a wizard picture by your pit by your computer. That's what I learned. <laughs> oh, Chris, thank you so much for being on today. We really enjoyed our chat uh, and a little bit of banter. We always like to have a little bit of fun here on Bridge the Gap. So this concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, connecting business perspectives. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, connecting business perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Colton Cockrell with Sharon McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sharon McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.